Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. That's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie, looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. Hello, America. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Friday. Yep, it's the Friday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show today. We want to honor America's veterans. And over the next 48 hours, we're going to do that through multiple different ways. Today, we're going to talk to one of the great veterans I know who continues to serve his country. He's running for a house seat in the state of Washington. Joe Kent, multi-deployed Army Ranger, an extraordinary special operator, his wife, Shannon, an American hero killed in action while serving our country. And he's going to tell us what veterans need, what Congress is and isn't doing, what the VA is and isn't doing. And we're going to have a great conversation. We need to be honest. And the best way to be honest is to talk to people on the front lines who know what is going on. And I think today, Joe Kent's going to help us get there with a big conversation. And then tomorrow, in concert with our good friends at the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, T2T.org. Remember that, folks. We're going to do a deep dive into one of the most shocking numbers anywhere in Washington. There are somewhere on the low end, 38,000, on the high end, 50,000 veterans, men and women who served our country, fought for our freedom, were wounded internally and externally by our enemies, and today, they're homeless, they're on the street. They don't have a meal. They have no two nickels to rub together. They don't have a home. Well, Frank Siller, who has been helping the victims of 9-11 and every Gold Star family who lost a loved one in, in the line of combat and every police family that lost a loved one in the line of duty, he's now stepping into a new void. And today in Houston, he is unveiling a 100-person privately run privately funded homeless shelter for veterans in Houston, Texas. And he's going to spread that concept all across this country. Now, if you want to help him, it's very simple. Go to t2t.org, t, the number two, t.org, t2t.org. Today, go there and you can make an $11 a month contribution. You'll be helping one of those veterans that my whole family donates there. You should too. So do me a favor. Go check out t2t.org today. Go help those veterans who are homeless. It is unforgivable. It is immoral. It is unthinkable that 50,000 of our men and women in the armed services who served our country risked their lives, risked their limbs. They don't have a home today. 
we have to fix that. And tomorrow, all day, we're going to be working with the Tunnels to Towers Foundation to highlight the problem, highlight the solutions. We've got great interviews all day tomorrow. It's going to be very, very exciting. And as we're sitting here on this Veterans Day, we have to remember there are men and women right now in the line of fire. More than four dozen of attacks have occurred on U.S. service members in the last four weeks since the Israel-Hamas war began. Iranian proxies attacking United States troops, United States bases, United States military equipment. They're attacking us with drones and IEDs and missiles. A new generation of veterans with new needs are right now on the front lines. We've got to be ready to support them. And with that in mind, we're going to kick off today's show with an extraordinary interview with the former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Oren. He is the most learned person I know of on all things Israeli, on all things Middle East. And he's going to give us an up-to-date briefing on where things stand and what we need to do to try to be prepared why our soldiers are being attacked, what they're going to need when they come home, and also what's at stake in the Israel-Hamas conflict, and why we have so much anti-Semitism in the world. That's going to be a great interview. Amanda and I spent some time with him last night. We're going to kick the show off with that, and then we're going to go to our good friend Joe Kent in the second half. That's a great way to celebrate day one of a two-day celebration of America's veterans on this Veterans Day holiday weekend. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Michael Oren, right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tn. 
usa.com slash just news. Welcome back, everybody. There is a shocking report, one that John's team over at justthenews.com continues to follow very closely. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has slammed the Associated Press, Reuters and CNN over reporters' questionable coverage of Hamas's attacks on Israel when they began the war on October 7th. Netanyahu's office said these journalists were accomplices in crimes against humanity and their actions were contrary to professional ethics. According to statements released by CNN and the Associated Press, they have both since cut ties with one of the freelancers who was also seen pictured with Hamas's leadership and the mastermind of the October 7th massacre. And that's where I want to start this conversation because we have the perfect first guest during the Obama administration. He served as the Israeli ambassador to the United States. And he offers our network a wealth of knowledge every time that he joins us, Ambassador Michael Oren. Mr. Ambassador, it's great to see you. Thank you for being here, sir. Always good to be with you, Amanda, Joan. John, hi, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, I think that for your average American, people who are just trying to uh, make it through this economy and take care of their spouses and their children and their day-to-day lives, they see something like this where you have photographers and freelancers embedded in the conflict, then they might think to themselves, you know, this might be normal because you have to have photography, you have to have journalistic evidence of what's happening. But uh, that's not what this is. Um, Can you can you tell our audience why this is different and the connection, a very, very uncomfortable connection between those who were embedded in Hamas and what what took place that day? And since well, the example would be, say, a reporter in an urban environment in, in your neighborhood who knows that there's going to be uh, a school shooting going on and decides to accompany the shooter, you know, the active shooter into the school and take pictures of the active shooter. Uh, Is that journalist a journalist anymore? Or is that journalist complicit in mass murder? Uh, There is the distinction. Uh, We embed journalists in our troops and they report them. They report in there, you know, objectively. These are journalists we're talking about who were, in fact, residents of Gaza who were, for the most part, very close to Hamas. Uh, One of them took a picture uh, kissing the head of Hamas, like this one. Uh, There's objective journalism for them. So it's a completely different set of journalistic uh, uh, violation of journalistic uh, values. And yes, all of these uh, news agencies have to be taken to task for it. Now, you know, this is sort of it is indicative of a far more pervasive and multifaceted uh, problem. Especially, let's take just the AP, for example. Uh, and I've had a lot of experience with the AP. AP takes every word spoken by the Hamas health ministry, sometimes referred to as the Gaza health ministry, the Hamas health ministry, immediately reports uh, their, uh, their statistics, their version of events without any type of journalistic inspection. Uh, I had one case back in 2009 during the first round of fighting with with, uh, Hamas where the AP reported directly from the Hamas health industry that an Israeli mortar shell had fallen in a UN school and killed 51 children. And that was immediately repeated around the world based on AP. And uh, it turned out there was no mortar shell in a school. No 51 children were killed. There was a mortar shell that fell outside the school and killed nine Hamas terrorists, but none inside. and we see this again and again. 2012, um, the Washington Post print, printed a front page, all the page, a color photograph of a Palestinian father um, holding what appeared to be a, a bundle surrounded by mourners. The um, caption read, uh, Palestinian father mourning the uh, death of his infant son killed by an Israeli airstrike. 
And I complained to the Washington Post about it. They assured me that the, the picture was real because it came from the AP. Three weeks later, it was determined, believe it or not, by the UN that the photograph was a fake. So the problems here are much more pervasive, but certainly in this particular case, there was a, a flagrant gross violation of journalistic ethics. Yeah, there, there's no doubt it, Sarah. And I, there's a, another thing that has gone on, and I think it led to the misreporting on the Hamas, uh, or the Hamas claim about the hospital, which it, it turns out it was, the, it was the rebels' rockets, not Israel's rockets that killed all those people. But there's a, yeah. almost a, a, the way things are written these days, there's almost a romanticization of Hamas, that somehow they're freedom fighters and not the terrorists they are. I've never seen it in my career. I, you know, when I first started, and I worked at AP for 20 years, though I left in the early 2000s, um, you, you call terrorists what they were. You call them terrorists. But for some reason, there's been this romanticization of Hamas. Why is that, and how do we change it? For one simple reason, one simple horrible reason, it's because they're enemies of the Jews. Right? If, um, if terrorists came in, God forbid, murdered 50,000 Americans, that would be the equivalent in terms of our difference right. of our population. Unfortunately, right. 50,000 Americans in 24 hours mutilated, raped them, burnt them, beheaded them, took thousands hostages. Would you call them militants? And if you look actually in the dictionary under militants, it's somebody who holds a, 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 holds a, a, port, a powerfully held position. Uh, that's what a militant is. Uh, but of course you wouldn't. And you wouldn't do it for any other society in the world. The only reason, the only sole reason, is that because the Hamas's enemies are, is the Jewish state, is the state of Israel. Uh, the same thing true with the, the Gazan Health Ministry, Amanda and John. You know, would, you, would, you, would any journalist uh, who calls himself a journalist uh, cite the ISIS health ministry as a realistic source or the Al-Qaeda health ministry uh, with anybody. It's only because uh, Hamas's enemies are Jews. And all those people out protesting against, you know, supposedly genocide, of Israel's genocide against uh, the Palestinians, which, which of course isn't happening, did they protest one minute for the actual genocides, the genocide of the Syrian people uh, when, you know, Syrian forces killed a half million Syrians when uh, in the Yemen, Yemeni civil war, 400,000 Yemenis were killed. Sudanese civil war, uh, hundreds of thousands were killed. Not a sound. And there's only one reason and one reason only. And that is because Hamas's enemy are Jews. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, we, we are now learning about the agreed upon four hour daily ceasefire uh, in portions of northern Gaza to allow for transportation of aid and departure of civilians from Gaza. Um, I, I know that in the past, ceasefires to a larger degree, uh, and you've spoken at length about this, just equal death for Israel. Um, it benefits mm -hmm. Hamas or whoever the, the opposing side is in that particular situation. This four-hour window daily, uh, do you still feel the way about feel that way about a four hour window? Or do you think that that is limited enough that it does allow for some good to be done, humanitarian aid, departure of some of these innocent civilians without it actually being a broad scale ceasefire where Hamas can reload and rejuvenate? Well, uh, if you look on The Hill, it's a Washington publication. I have an op ed that came out several hours ago precisely on this issue. And I just concluded a conversation with the um, former senior Mossad person who is an expert on these questions of humanitarian pauses. Um, so hot off the press, here it is. Uh, I've said again and again that a ceasefire means death for the state of Israel. It means Hamas gets away with mass murder. It means our citizens, 250,000 evacuees cannot return to their homes. 
It means that all of our enemies in the region understand that they could hit Israel with impunity. And when they do, we, we kind of defend ourselves. Uh, the international community will slap a ceasefire on us. So we basically are dead in the water with a ceasefire. That's what it means. Ceasefire means death for the state of Israel, victory for Hamas. So let me get the question of these humanitarian pauses that have been requested uh, by the Biden administration. And uh, it is an extremely complex and difficult issue. Because one, first of all, Israeli public opinion. Israeli public opinion is dead set against any pause as long as, or as, long as Hamas refuses to allow even a Red Cross visit to our hostages. Many of these families don't even know whether their loved ones are hostages. I just got a, a note just several hours ago that one of the families I visited, the Eschel family, who they believe their 19-year-old daughter, Ronnie, was kidnapped, was one among the hostages. They just found that they identified her body. So there's no, these are families living now in limbo for more than a month in horror. We can't begin to understand the, the terror of which they're living, under which they're living. So. Hamas won't let the won't let the Red Cross in. Why should they get any type of humanitarian pause? That's what the Israeli public opinion says. We also know that mm -hmm. Hamas will use any pause to regroup, to rearm, to um, to bring in. Listen to this one. Bring in foreign journalists. This is this is this connects to our early discussion. They will bring in foreign journalists and show them, you know, the mass destruction. They'll show them the quote unquote genocide. And it will actually increase the pressure for a greater long or longer ceasefire. Get this how it works? Hamas is very smart. But here's the huge but. And this is what I wrote in the Hill article is that we also have to keep our eye on the ball. And the ball is a ceasefire. And right now the Biden administration is, uh, is in lockstep with us in opposing a ceasefire as pressure mounts. Pressure mounting in cities, on campuses, and in international community to get that ceasefire, because, hey, what's wrong with the ceasefire? It's people stopping shooting at one another. How, what could possibly be bad about it? Except that means Israel's death. Um, and the, the Biden administration is under tremendous duress. I think from within its own party, you see that the numbers for the president are going down. And I felt strongly that we have to give something to the president. And I thought what we could give was uh, humanitarian pauses that are limited in time and limited geographically. They shouldn't be anywhere near the, the combat area that would, they, that would enable uh, Hamas to regroup and rearm. And apparently that is what is being done. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I think it's a smart move. It's a painful move. Make no mistake about it. Sure. it uh, sure. Very painful move for us, but it's necessary to keep our eye on that ceasefire ball. So we've got just a couple of minutes left, and I want to ask a little bit about planning for the post-Hamas Israel, because there will be now a post-Hamas Israel. You're yeah. not going to stop until that occurs. There are no two way. things that seem to be important. One is the prosecution of those who continued or who carried out crimes against humanity and survived this war. And the second is creating a, a, a state uh, in Palestine or governance in Palestine that can actually coexist peacefully with Israel. What are the keys to those two things? I think about the the, uh, the state commission and a Nuremberg type trial. I think is definitely called for. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to some of the. I think American television has a, has a rule about um, about broadcasting uh, the recordings of interrogations or the right. the aftermath of interrogations. But you should know I've seen them all, and it is chilling. It is horrifying to listen to these people talk just passionately about what they what they did and what they were told to do what they were ordered to do. Just, um, it's unspeakable. Yes, and they should be put on trial. As for the day after, it's this. First of all, we have to demilitarize the Gaza Strip. There should be another, no bombs, no bullets in the Gaza Strip. That's gonna take a long time. Secondly, we have to create a cordon sanitaire around Gaza. Uh, no one's gonna be near that fence anymore. It's gonna be the depth of a mile or two miles that no one's gonna be able to allow, go into a no man's land. 
Um, thirdly, we have to internationalize the Gaza Strip as a problem. It should not be Israel's problem anymore. In fact, it's not just Israel's problem. The fact that the United States has had to send these massive naval forces to the region shows that Hamas and Gaza is not just an Israeli problem, not even an Egyptian problem, right. it's an American right. problem. Mm -hmm. So we have an international force that will go in there. Hopefully we'll have a large inter-Arab component in it. Israel will maintain a large degree of security um, uh, prerogatives, including uh, airspace, including the right of hot pursuit. It's what we have also in the West Bank. Um, and we hope that some type of you know, peaceful Palestinian leadership can emerge there. The Biden administration is talking about putting the Palestinian Authority in there from the West Bank. I don't, I, you know, I don't know how that works. They are thoroughly corrupt. Nobody likes right. them. If they were in an election, Hamas would win. Wow, what a great interview with the ambassador. Don't go anywhere, folks. When we come back, a great military veteran, a great special operator, now a man running for Congress in the state of Washington, Joe Kent, one of our good friends, the perfect guest to continue our conversation on this a very important, very solemn, very celebratory Veterans Day. We'll have Joe Kent right after this. But before we go there, a quick reminder. We have so many great partners, so many great advertisers, so many great sponsors and they have incredible products and people ask me all the time john what can i do to support what you're doing at just the news at john solomon reports at just the news no noise the television show on real america's voice and the answer is support our advertisers support our sponsors they've got great products they got great services and one of those who've been with us for a very long time heat holders you know i'm a big fan of these guys because i go up to the cabin in fact right about now the temperatures in evening are in the teens up at my cabin in the Shenandoah Mountains. Well, heat holders make some of the best products for staying warm on the coldest winter nights. They have great thermal socks that really surround your feet in warmth. They're not ordinary socks. They really work, including in the coldest conditions. When I'm up on the mountain, I'm cutting wood, and it's about a 20-mile, 30-mile-an-hour wind, and the temperature's in the 20s, and the wind chill's down around zero. My feet are toasty warm because I always, always have inside my boots my heat holder socks. They also make incredible hats. They make gloves. They got throws now that you can put around you on a cold night on the couch. They've got scarves, and they got so much other great products, all of them the best at keeping you warm. And so if you want to give someone you love heat holders for the holidays, now's your opportunity. Go to heatholders.com and enter the code JUSTNEWS and say, get a load of this, 15% off your first order. Receive free shipping with any purchase over $25. And guess what? You, your loved ones, they won't freeze this winter. You won't have to freeze your butt off. You won't freeze your feet off. You know why? Because you're going to be protected by the great products, the great gloves, the great hats, the great socks, the great throws, the great scarves that my friends at heatholders.com make. So one more time, go to heatholders.com right now. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. One more time, heatholders.com, heatholders.com. They make life warmer, and you're going to save some money by using the promo code just news. All right, when we come back, Joe Kent right after these messages. Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free 
app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mic. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back to the commercial break. And of course, happy Veterans Day. We get to celebrate twice this year, once the official holiday today, Friday, and again, Saturday, the actual Veterans Day by law. Today, I want to delve into something we've been talking about in the podcast a lot, which is there's a proxy war going on between Iran and the United States. Iran and Israel are a great ally in the region. And it's only made possible because after Donald Trump left office, Joe Biden allowed money and oil sales to flow to Iran. He basically looked the other way. In some cases, he took overt actions like agreeing to release $6 billion in frozen funds. In other places, he just simply looked the other way why China, Russia, and others started buying Iran energy and oil and enriching their coffers. And uh, it's been said in the Intelligence Committee, we saw this, uh, when Donald Trump left, Iran's total bank account was down to $4 billion, which for a country's peanuts. And now it's closing in on $100 billion. Joe Biden made the bank accounts of Iran swell again. And that swollen bank account is funding now these more than 40 attacks that have been on our troops in the Middle East since the October 7th Hamas atrocities in Israel. I want to bring in a great veteran, a veteran whose family not only has given the ultimate sacrifice, but also is running for Congress in 2024 in the great state of Washington. Our good friend, Joe Kent, joins us now. Joe, great to have you on the show. John, thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. I love your Twitter feed. I'm always keeping an eye on it because I think you have a great way of synthesizing very complex um, issues in security and making them understandable to people who might not know the history. You've really zeroed in on this idea. All of these veterans who are getting wounded or all these active duty members, going to be future veterans, uh, that are getting wounded in Iraq and in uh, the, the theater from Iranian bought missiles, the fuel for all of those attacks came from Joe Biden, didn't it? 
It most certainly did. Look, I mean, uh, whenever Iran gets access to more money, they fund their proxies throughout the region. And unfortunately, U.S. foreign policy has really played into this, with the exception of the era of Donald Trump. Uh, we basically fund the government of Iran's proxies because we fund the government of Iraq. Unfortunately, because of all of our blunders in Iraq, the Iranians really took over that government with their proxies. And so now all of our troops that are getting shot at in Iraq and Syria, who in theory are there to protect against ISIS and some other kind of terrorist groups, they're actually being attacked by the same forces that we are funding. They're being funded, they're being attacked by these Iranian-backed militias, but these Iranian-backed militias are part of the Iraqi security forces. So it's, it's horrible that Joe Biden unfroze the $6 billion that's gotten a lot of folks' attention, but the billions, the untold tens of billions that we pour into the government of Iraq every single year to maintain our largest embassy and to continue to give them uh, security assistance, and then also U.S. aid pumps a bunch of money in there. All of that is turned back around and used against our forces when the Iranians want to turn up the pressure on Americans, which is what they're doing right now because of the, the war uh, in Gaza and, and the, the challenges that Israel's facing. And so unfortunately, we're, pay we're playing directly to Iran's strengths. We're allowing our forces to be in these outposts where really their mission of counterterrorism is largely over. And now they're just there to be there. And they're there as a very ripe target for the Iranians to hit. Same thing with our massive embassy in Baghdad. So not only are we fighting a, a very dangerous war right now, we're also fighting it in, in a very stupid fashion by giving Iran access to so many different resources. Yeah, no, it's a um, it's a really extraordinary dynamic. And, and it literally is a self-inflicted wound by the Biden administration's policies. You serve so bravely. Obviously, you're a Green Beret. Your wife, Shannon, paid the ultimate price in theater with all the great heroism she showed. There is more than any time since I've been a reporter in 35 years, I've seen a higher degree of demoralization inside the Pentagon. People who work for the Pentagon believe in this country, want to do the best thing to protect our security, and they feel like this is the worst Pentagon they worked in. This is the worst military they worked in. And then you talk to young people who at, at some point in their life had an ambition to go in the military. and like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to get prosecuted for the wrong pronoun. I want to go protect the country. Can you give us your honest assessment as someone that's been in the community for so long, the current feeling inside the Pentagon about the leadership and the potential ramifications of having that demoralization, that negativity about the Pentagon right now at this moment of great security peril? Yeah, we're in a very dangerous era right now. I mean, Biden hasn't found a crisis internationally uh, that he doesn't want to get deeply involved in, whether it's the war in, in Ukraine and Europe, what's happening in the Middle East, or even, you know, uh, really giving the chi China a clear pathway to provoke uh, confrontation in Taiwan. So we're on the verge of major conflicts throughout the entire world. But at the same time, Biden took the most battle-hardened military that we had day one when Biden swore in as president. We had a military that had fought 20 years of consistent combat with an all-volunteer force. We've never done that before. Every other time that we needed to fight a war, we had to conduct a draft. So in very short order, Biden took that military. The first thing he did was he cracked down with the so-called extremist you know, stand down. And he said, hey, I think half of you guys, because you didn't vote for me, are white supremacists and we have to go through your security clearance. Then the, the vaccine mandate, and a lot of people got drummed out of the military or were forced to take that, and now we're seeing like the uh, potentially like the Commandant of the Marine Corps, they're suffering the ramifications from that experimental vaccine that they were given. And then the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. And so look, there's a crisis right now of confidence. There's a massive morale crisis. The people that were going to spend another 10 years, another five years in the military, they're all heading for the exits. And we have a massive recruiting crisis right now because people don't want to join the military because they see 
see what this administration stands for. So we're, we're in an incredibly dangerous moment right now. Yeah, it, it really is pretty dangerous. And I think that there is another dynamic at work that I think a lot of people are starting to try to understand. And that is the growth of anti-Semitism, anti-Americanism, anti-Israeli sentiments are at an all-time high. And they've been growing for a long time and our eyes were off the ball, but on campuses. But it, when it happens inside Congress, when it happens inside the halls of, you know, our great institutions, you hear people in the State Department spewing this and members of Congress. I think it was Marie Perez and, of course, certainly Rashida Tlaib both made comments. Rashida Tlaib now censured officially by Congress, including by Democrats. How dangerous is it when America's own institutions have people inside it that are embracing the guys that are trying to annihilate Israel, call America the great state and want to get rid of us as well? It's incredibly dangerous. And, and I, I think really the, the radical left here, my opponent, Marie Perez, she claims that she's a member of rural Antifa. These are her own words. That's what she wants to turn the blue dog Democrats into. She has uh, defended Hezbollah and she said that they're not really a terrorist organization. Well, I know they're a terrorist organization because I fought against these guys. But really, it shows the convergence between the radical left, the same people that were supporting Antifa and BLM that are completely anti-American. They want to go after not just the institutions of our country. They want to go after the foundations of the American family using the transgender ideology. They've now morphed and they're now including this broad coalition of people who are outright at war with the United States of America, at war with Israel. They're now making common cause with the, the same Hamas terrorists who, given the opportunity, the same Hamas terrorists would kill them once once they were uh, done with their immediate enemies. But that's where the American left is at right now. They are so radicalized and they are working against the interests of this country. It's extremely dangerous. These people can't be trusted. A lot of this goes back to, I, I personally think, especially within the State Department and within just the U.S. government writ large, the fact that we recruit pretty much solely from the university systems. We require four-year degrees. These institutions are completely ca uh, captured. And so by the time these folks actually get to be employed by the State Department, or in some cases, even the Department of Defense, they're completely radicalized Marxists. Uh, so I think we're going to really have to look at how we hire and how we recruit these people to go and work in the government. And we're going to have to give the executive branch much more power to fire these people uh, once we get President Trump back in there in 24. Yeah, it's a pretty extraordinary moment. And I think a lot of people are wondering how did this happen? How did we get to this moment? How are we, do we have people in our institutions that are arguing against, well, arguing against our own self-interest? I think that's a big part of what we've heard in the last few weeks. We have people in these institutions that actually have a different interest in the American interest, you know, embedded in their language and their rhetoric and their Twitter feeds. And I think that that's what makes it so fascinating right now. As you look out, what are some of the biggest needs that today's veterans have? Obviously, we have a VA and there's a lot of people that work hard there, but it also has a lot of problems. What are some of the ways that everyday Americans can reach out and make a difference in the veterans community at this moment? There's homelessness. There is, you know, always the difficulty of transitioning back from warfare into you know, the normal lifestyle here. What are ways that we can all help? You know, a, a big thing is uh, getting the, the VA to actually just care about their core mission, which is caring for our veterans. The problem with this woke ideology that the Biden administration has inflicted upon just every aspect of government, it's bled over into the VA. And so now the VA is uh, distracted with things like transgender surgeries, abortions. We had every single Democrat, my opponent included, voted to not fund the VA because the Republican House attempted to take out the transgender surgeries and the abortion care. So the Democrats, when they 
say veteran this, veteran that, they're lying. They, they voted to defund the VA. The same people that vote, like my opponent, that vote to leave our troops in Iraq and Syria so they can get shot at, they vote to defund the VA. So I think people just need to understand where we're at. A big issue with the VA isn't necessarily funding. It's the fact that it's a bloated government bureaucracy. I want to be able to give veterans way more options in terms of choice. I, I think the, the VA at the end of the day should be a service that pays the bills and the veterans go and they get the care they need in their community. The VA picks up the tab as opposed to having this massive bloated bureaucracy that's really, unfortunately, just not accountable to, to the veterans or to the American people. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. I want to finish with, I, I know you tell this story often because we can never forget the sacrifices of all the extraordinary men and women. You have one extraordinary woman warrior in your life who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I, there's a great, I, I sometimes come across, I know how it happens, but the Foundation for Women Warriors is doing some great work. Uh, your beautiful wife, courageous, extraordinary, Shannon Kent, obviously lost her life in the line of duty. Just for people who don't know her story, because it's so inspiring, could you tell us a little bit about Shannon on this very important day? Yeah, certainly. So uh, Shannon's a native New Yorker. She decided to join the military, like so many of, uh, of my generation, right after the attacks of uh, 9-11. Her uncle and, and father were both ground zero first responders. So she knew that she could learn languages. She had a knack for it in high school. And so she went to the recruiters and said, hey, I can learn Arabic. And she did. She learned Arabic at a very high level, became very uh, conversant in the Iraqi dialect. That led her to, to be deployed with special operations before women were technically even allowed to be deployed with special operations. Um, so she actually served multiple combat deployments with Naval Special Warfare, Joint Special Operations. Uh, she was killed on her fifth combat deployment uh, in Syria. And look, she was killed a month after Trump attempted to get our troops out the first time. Trump sent us over there to take out all the ground that ISIS controlled. And then he actually did something pretty novel. He, he uh, tried to fulfill a promise that he made on the campaign trail, and he tried to get our troops out. And that's when Secretary of Defense Mattis and a bunch of other unelected bureaucrats turned against the Trump administration and the will of the American people, left our troops there. And then a month later, my late wife and three other Americans were killed. And they're still Americans to this day getting shot at in Syria. So, I mean, her, her sacrifice and her service is something that's going to live on forever, but also the lessons of how policy failures and the way that the administrative state is working against the American people. That's why I'm in this fight. And that's, that's a huge lesson that I think Americans should reflect on. It's great to honor our veterans. We must always honor our veterans, but we honor our veterans by not voting for politicians that are going to send them off to go fight and die on foreign battlefields for no reason but to enrich the military industrial complex. Yeah, no, it's pretty remarkable. It, it is. And I think people don't, you know, we move past the big wars that were in the headlines, but we have people in harm's way, racking up injuries, racking up death unnecessarily. And we can't forget them. It's easy to say, oh, God, we got out of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Phew, we got a breather. But the answer is there's people in harm's way every single day and they don't get the coverage in the media that they deserve. So, we can't forget. We have to constantly remind them. And today's such an important day. And of course, Joe, your incredible service to the country isn't forgotten either. Give us a quick update. You're back in the race for a Washington congressional seat up against the very congresswoman we talked about. Uh, how's the race going right now? It's going really well. So I've gotten the endorsement of the state GOP, all the county GOPs in the district. So we've got a lot of unity. 
to flip this seat where our fundraising is going well. Uh, we always need help with that regard, though. But, uh, yeah, fundraising is going really well. We've got great unity. Uh, my opponent is basically voting every single day with Nancy Pelosi and AOC. She comes back to the district and says how moderate she is. But people are really seeing through that because they're suffering from, you know, inflation, the attack on our southern border, the fentanyl. My, my district, my, my state is leading the nation right now in fentanyl deaths because of the wide-open southern border, protection of our children. All these key issues right now are on, on the forefront. And, and people, I think, are really waking up in a very big way. 24 is going to be a very hard fight. But I, I think right now the, the country is in a position where people realize this is a pivotal, mo- pivotal moment. And the Democrat Party at every level has just betrayed the American people and is incapable of serving. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I hear those sentiments up and down the Pentagon, too. They're just the people who are in the know or the most the most worried. And that's what's so amazing about it. Joe, for people who want to support you, what's the best way to stay in touch with the campaign? Yeah, please go to JoeKentForCongress.com. I run off all small donations, so $5, $10, $15 really helps out. JoeKentForCongress.com. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your wife's incredible sacrifice to this country. You are a family of heroes. And on this day, we don't forget anything that you've done for us. We're so grateful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having me on. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you real soon. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, as we approach another critical election, a wave of concern washes over America. Recent studies reveal that an astonishing 56% of our fellow citizens report feelings of anxiety or dread about the upcoming presidential election. That's why I stand with AMAC. AMAC is more than a senior discount organization. During these challenging times, they fight for common sense and hope that our nation returns to traditional American values. Visit amac.us forward slash just news today to seize an exclusive election year special, a four year AMAC membership for just $30. That's right, you heard me right, four years for 30 bucks. As an AMAC member, you're not only enjoying money saving benefits, but also the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare advice, a trusted voice in Washington and a community of like-minded patriots who love this great nation. Take advantage of this election year special four years for $30 and be part of the solution over the next four years. By becoming an AMAC member, you're strengthening a movement dedicated to preserving the principles we hold dear in this great country. Join now at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advise fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Happy Veterans Day tomorrow, which is actually the official calendar date. Today's the federal holiday. Tomorrow's the official Veterans Day. An all-hour special, one-hour special with our friends at Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Go there. T2T.org. Go there now. Make an $11 a month commitment, and you'll be helping one of those homeless veterans find shelter, find meals, find the support they need. Frank Siller is going to be with us. Eli Crane's going to be with us. Former Secretary O'Rourke from the VA is going to be with us. It's going to be a powerful hour. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Until then, remember, it's getting cold outside. Go to heatholders.com, one of our great advertisers, sponsors, partners, and use the promo code JUSTNEWS to buy their great socks, their great halves, their great gloves, their great gifts, their great stocking stuff. They're also good at keeping your feet and hands warm. Go to heatholders.com and use the promo code JustNews. You're going to get 15% off. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a great night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider.